Hey, let's take a quick break to tell you about our sponsor. You know, finding a service solution that keeps your customers happy can feel impossible. Like trying to remember the name of that guy you literally just met at that networking event. And HubSpot Service Hub can help. So with the service solution part, at least it makes it easy. It brings service and success together on one powerful platform. With an AI-powered help desk and a chatbot to handle your frontline tickets so you could scale support and drive retention and revenue. Visit HubSpot.com slash service to learn more. We were at like a party and I'm handing out 5-HTP, milk thistle, B vitamins because, you know, we're up for basically two and a half days dancing having a good time. You know, my business partner now, Orion and I started talking the, the day after taking all the supplements. He's like, hey, we thought we should package these supplements up. Instead of having to buy full bottles of each, we thought, well, let's put all these in a beverage. Right. Can we actually pull this off? So we go super thin because we burn through all our savings starting the company. And I mean, we're eating like mac and cheese and tuna every night. I got two kids at the time living in a 400 square foot trailer. We were doing like eight cases a month there. Yep. So we're like, shit, there's something here. We used to ring the bell in the office, you know, when we get a new gym. And it was like, oh, the first month we got like 12 gyms. We were so stoked. The next month we got 30. Then we got 50. We were hitting like 200 a month. Wow. Right? So it starts adding up quick. It went from 700 grand to 4 million in one year. So where do you think this goes? How big does this get? Over a billion. Five million is not enough. Ten million. Fifteen million. Twenty million dollars. Hundred million dollars. Half a billion. Eight hundred fifty million dollars. One or two people in a bedroom actually the threats to these like giant multi-billion-dollar companies because you have creativity and you have nothing to lose. Add another zero to that price, buddy. Add two more zeros. <laughs> First, First million. Every week we sit down with self-made millionaires and ask them, "How did you do it?" I didn't start a podcast. I started my own personal business school, and the teachers are the successful entrepreneurs behind the biggest brands and businesses that you find today. I wanted to know the real stories with all the details, like how did you get your first hundred customers? What did it feel like when shit hit the fan? I ask them, how do you spend your money now that you're rich? And what would you do if you were starting over from scratch again today? If you're like me and you want to own your own business instead of living a nine to five job, this is the podcast for you. The Hustle presents My First Million. So I, uh, I just took a sip of LifeAid's new CBD drink. So I'm here with founder of LifeAid, Aaron Hind. LifeAid is a new sort of energy drink uh, company. Do you like being called Functional energy beverage. drink? Functional, Functional beverage. beverage. Yep. That's less catchy. It's less catchy, but there's a lot of negativity associated with that's energy. A, yeah, that's why so. I paused. So, yeah, I was like, yeah. I don't want to call it that. But, but basically, if you're like me- Clean energy would be a better description. Right. Like, sure. I don't want to drink Red Bulls and Monsters myself, right? right. Like, I'm not going to put that in my body. And so LifeAid is like an alternative. So Correct. founder- you're based out of Santa Cruz. You came up for the day. You got a party to go to tonight. We so do. I appreciate you stopping by. Yeah, Exciting company. You guys are doing 35 million in revenue, I think, this year, yeah, right yeah. about. Yeah, right. So that's, you know, got to be a $100 million company. Not many people have done that in the sort of beverage space. And so we're going to learn 99% failure rate. Right. We're going to learn how you did it, a little bit about you, and, and what it takes to get something like this off the ground. Because I think I get a d couple different types of guests, right? You get like the high-tech entrepreneur. And if you're not a programmer, you're not into software, those are sort of, it's just a different beast altogether. Sure. But this is something where like, you know, I remember in college when I saw Five Hour Energy and I was like, what's the backstory? How do you start one of these? And look, you 
fucking you started one of these. You did yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> give me two things. I want you to first give me the generic backstory, which is you know I was just tired of my options and I wanted to make something better. Then you want the truth, and then I want the truth. Yeah, give me both. <laughs> give me both. They're both. They're probably related. I'm not, I don't think they're opposite. Yeah. But one has more. Depth. Okay, no, I, they've never been asked that question, and so I appreciate that because you're right. There are kind of two versions. I'd say the generic story is you know I was a sports chiropractor for ten years, grew up in in Santa Cruz. I I met my business partner Orion at a CrossFit gym, CrossFit uh, North Santa Cruz. Right. Uh, he's a certified financial planner. We both were writing for the paper, started hanging out. He's a very accomplished DJ. My wife and I love house music, and we both had two young kids. Our daughters are actually best friends, met in kindergarten. Our wives became friends. We started hanging out for a couple years and brainstorming ideas. And you know, part, we were both very frustrated with the lack of healthy beverages on the market, especially marketed to kids, you know, what our kids are going towards. You know, the kids weren't reaching back in 2011 for kombucha or, che- or coconut water, right? They right. were reaching for monsters and Red Bulls. It's like, I was offended. I'm like, I can't have my six-year-old reaching for this garbage right. because it's a bunch of shit. So it was really out of ignorance and passion. We started Life Aid. So that's more the corporate line, which yep. is 100% true. Right. The backstory yes. is we were at like a pre-compression, a pre-Burning Man party called Three Degrees. I had been part of the founding team for that, for, you know, uh, helping throw it for several years. So I invited him and his wife. We had, had recently met and uh, because, you know, I knew he'd enjoy the DJs. There's like 22 DJs. And we're, I'm handing out 5-HTP, milk thistle, B vitamins because, you know, we're up for basically two and a half days dancing and right. having a good time. And, and what are those things you just said? I've never taken any of those. So, okay, so, so they're all supplements. One's for serotonin, if yep. you're having serotonin. One's good for the liver. One, you so know. these are more like vitamins. These aren't party. This is no, not no, party it's all vitamins. Natural. These are all natural This is all recovery vitamins. stuff. Okay. Good. Yeah, recovery stuff, right? And I had an eye drop business at the time uh, called Irie Eyes Eye Drops. So I sold eye drops to stoners, basically. Okay. And <laughs> That's t- the most Santa Cruz thing I've ever well, heard. Well, <laughs> I heard I, it was a good lesson in accurate thinking because stoners don't give a shit that their eyes are red. So <laughs> <laughs> it actually, I actually got pretty good distribution. We, we turned the most units in novelty shops, not in head shops, which is interesting. <laughs> uh, but, you know, my business partner now, Orion and I started talking the, d- the day after taking all these supplements. He's like, hey, we thought we should package these supplements up. Instead of having to buy full bottles of each, put it on the counter in 7-Eleven and call it right. party pills. So anytime you know, I have an idea or he has an idea, or it, we'd bullshit a lot of ideas, but most of them were lame. Right. So our, uh, I remember my wife coming to me the next day. He's like, hey, that party pill thing, you, should, you guys should look into that. So we started going down that road. We were going to create these party packs. And uh, we figured if, if supplements and pill form were the way to go, I'm old enough. Some of you out there might remember Nodos was really big before Red Bull. Right. Well, that doesn't exist anymore. Red Bull's you know multi-billion dollar company. So we thought, well, let's put all these in a beverage. Right. So the beverage was called Raverade, which was uh, <laughs> a little racy. Our friends uh, in the in the scene said, no, no, you got to tone it down. So we then called it Party Aid. And then one night on his birthday, um, you know, so we registered PartyAid.com on his birthday. And then we're like, well, if we do Party Aid, we CrossFit. Let's do one for fitness called Fit Aid, and we golf. Let's do one golfer aid. We even got BonerAid.com for twelve dollars. <laughs> You're just buying domains. We bought every eighty domains. <laughs> names in one night <laughs> anything with an aid right okay and uh Bonary, that was available that's it's amazing still available <laughs> for the right price we still own it actually <laughs> right um and then it's just like internet google searching like okay what do we want to put in this and you know i had some background in nutrition so i'm back ending the formulations um we started researching flavor houses researching who produces these cans and right that, you know that's an interesting story in and of itself it's like we call the can manufacturer rexham at the time was the largest uh, that that fed the united states west coast 
sales rep gets on the phone. And again, you got to realize 95% failure rate in beverage in the first year, 99% in the first five years. So right. they don't make it. So the guy quickly surmises, we don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> he says, well, the minimum runs 204,000 units. Well, we didn't have that much money. Right. And we said, well, sometimes we heard that there's these things called silver bullets, which are just blank cans. These are all made to order. They're printed on, right? right. When they make them, the whole can, the production print. There's silver bullets, which are blank cans. You go, ah, they, those are overruns. They barely happen. You know, that's not really a thing that's available. Thanks for playing because you're both broke dicks and you don't know right. what you're talking about. So stop wasting my time. Basically right. was the, the summary of the call. Hangs up. We're like, oh, God, there goes our billion-dollar idea, <laughs> you know. But then we had this idea. Well, hey, let's send him a nice handwritten thank you card. This is back in 2011 with a $100 Roos Chris gift certificate in it. Said, thanks for your time. Wow. Let us know if anything becomes available. A week later, we get a phone call. Hey, I got two pallets of silver bullets. Uh, for you guys to buy. Wow. And that was the beginning of it. We filled and, and two, was that a, two I, I like that little life hack you did there. So most people wouldn't do that. What was the what was the thinking, you know, to, to, to keep that lead warm when I've been there before when people are like, look, you don't know what you're doing. You're way you, you're way in over your head here. Um, look, I'm gonna help you out and, and just tell you no now so you don't sort of go further down this road. But you didn't you didn't take no for an answer, you didn't get a chip on your shoulder, you were like, No, let's let's warm this guy up and see if you know something comes through. Well, reciprocity, anyone who's read like Cialdini's work, you know, reciprocity is such a powerful, powerful force. You know, it's undeniable. So we knew that if we we were going to stand out by sending him a handwritten note and then the $100 Roos Chris card, it's like, well, who doesn't like to go to Roos Chris? Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so you get the silver bullets and now you're in the game a little bit. You're like, okay. We're in the I, game. This idea is alive. The idea is alive. <laughs> so we go down to the Flavor House, uh, barely make what's it What's a Flavor House? Can I go to a Flavor House? That sounds yeah, awesome. Anyone can. I mean, it's basically like, a, a little food science lab. Okay. Yeah. So it's just like if you went into, you know, your your uh, college chemistry class, it's like everyone's in little white smocks right. and they've got <laughs> test tubes and scales and shit's getting mixed together. Great. And uh, so we went down. I had everything formulated. The, the, the scientist looked at the formulation and said, wow, this is great. But if you don't want to use, you know, artificial sweeteners and, um, you know, this, you can't put this level of active ingredients in a drink. It's going to cost too much and you can't do it without artificial sweeteners or your sugar level would be too high. We're like, okay, well, we'll go somewhere else then. So we literally started to turn around walk out the door and she's like, wait, 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 let's give it a shot because we were ignorant and we were just uncompromising. Like, okay, we want to make the cleanest products on the market. So no sucralose, no aspartame, you know, low to no sugar, and why, no artificial And why was that coloring. important to you? Because obviously as a consumer I appreciate that, uh, but it seems like that was a part of your lifestyle. You weren't just doing it because you thought that's where the opportunity was. It was like a fun, it seems like it's a fundamental part of you. Uh, why was that the case? Yeah, I mean, look, Orion grew up on goat's milk in the Santa Cruz Mountains. I live completely off the grid currently. You know, I, I live off the grid. I've got chickens, solar, batteries. You know, it's it's just so how does clean that living. Well, what is, does it mean to live off the grid? I don't even know anyone who lives it, off the it grid. It means you're not connected to pg e So I have my own well. I have my own septic tank. And I create my own power. Holy shit. Yeah, so when all these rolling blackouts and everything, I'm just kind of laughing. Right. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and so you uh, you do that. Does that take up like a massive amount of your time to maintain all of those sort of life utilities for yourself? Yeah, it's, it's it could be a full-time job just taking care of the property, which is eventually what I want to get to. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm balancing here now taking care of the property. We uh, I had my chiropractic practice still because that's paying the bills. And, you know, after we started getting a little bit of traction, so we bought this property. Uh, it was just a deer trail. I went through 
with my wife. We hiked down this deer trail. I had a little chainsaw. And I'm like, shit, I think you can see the ocean from here. And she climbed up this tree and we're like, yeah, we could see the ocean. So we had this idea. Well, let's buy this property. It's off the grid. We're going to, we have two kids at the time, two small kids or one kid. We had the other kid there actually. Uh, we're going to move in on a little trailer, a little 400 square foot trailer. And we'll live in a trailer and then we'll build our tree mouse on top because I'm a Cairo. I'm making good money. It's all referrals, you know, right. fairly easy practice. I'm only working like 26 hours a week. Um, and uh, so that was the plan. Well, then Life Aid comes along and we're doing this thing on the side. And uh, after about a year, we started getting a little traction. And my business partner and I were like, shit, we got to sell our, our practices, burn the ships to the shore and go all in. Right. right. It's time to do that. Like if this thing has some life to it, it has legs. So we uh, both sell our practices. And then the guy I sold it to, I sell him my, my, my golden goose and he kills it in six months, goes BK. So I literally have no income. Right. Life Aid's not paying me money. The practice is not now now paying me and no he, money. he was supposed to continually pay you for some yeah, amount yeah, of yeah. time. Yes. Yeah. So any entrepreneurs out there, take the cash up front. Do not <laughs> finance. Uh, right. take care of uh, So we go super thin, like super thin, because we burn through all our savings starting the company. And I mean, we're eating like mac and cheese and tuna every night, which is right. like a dollar meal for anyone out there right. who's totally broke. You know, we are li- got two kids at the time. We're living in a 400 square foot trailer off the grid, eating out of ice chest like heating water up on the stove in the beginning before we got our solar panels to, to pour it in the bathtub for like two inches of hot water. Holy like shit. It was like little house on the prairie shit. And your wife is, uh, she's she's down for the cause or she's like, hey, we need to get back into like mainstream society. We oh, my wife, my wife was from the city here. Yeah. So she was full city slicker. She had never done anything. <laughs> I'm like handing her chainsaws like, okay, honey, this is how you do it. Don't wow. cut your arm off. Let's she's go. She's my hero. Actually. Oh, yeah, like, she's a trooper. <laughs> she is a trooper. Okay. So that sounds tough. That How long was that period? period of like so that lasted, I don't want to call it rock bottom but like definitely like a, a tougher time challenging yeah. yeah that lasted uh like six months and then we were starting uh to be able to draw a thousand dollars a month from from life aid and then yep. it was like oh that was such a relief, relief yeah you know because it's like a little bit of income coming in and then it got to like three thousand a month and then it was like we were in heaven like oh three grand a month we can actually you know Rent a movie once in a while, <laughs> right. and then it you know it just continued to grow and grow and grow from there. Unfortunately, we made our mistakes off Broadway, and we we're both ignorant to the industry, which I think helped us out quite a bit. I mean, we used like old school direct marketing to get our initial traction, not trying to go into you know every grocery store out there. Right. Okay, so let's let's rewind. You're back at the food scientist lab. She tells you this thing's not going to taste good unless you add all the sweeteners because you have so much uh, so much on the sort of supplement side. Right. Um, how did you guys resolve that? You guys almost walk out. She's like, Yeah, Wait. she said, No, no. And we just went into the lab and started pounding it out. And our first rendition tasted horrible, <laughs> horrible. But we kept working at it. And as anything, you know, after a couple of years, now now this is the first rendition. Yeah, this here, tastes good. It's great, got, right? I don't yeah. know if, I'm, if it's yeah. coming on the microphone, because I, yeah. I, I keep drinking this thing. It actually tastes good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So all of our drinks are great now. But, I mean, it. Uh, there's alternative sweeteners out there like monk fruit, which is all natural, zero calorie, you know, better forms of stevia. And, I mean, the longer you stay in the game, it's just like anything. You learn you figure and, it out. and you figure it out. Yeah. And so you guys kept working with the Flavor House. You get the flavor to where, after a few iterations, it's, like, palatable. Right. And um, how do you get the first hundred customers you said something about direct marketing yeah what were you where did you how did you go from zero to your first kind of hundred or a thousand customers yeah good question so we started out just like every beverage company it's like oh we want to get in stores and that kind of thing you know that model was flawed because consumers in a, in a grocery store or in a convenience store especially for 30 seconds they know exactly what kind of drink they want you know it's not a great place for trial maybe whole foods is okay for trial so we started with our golf raid product and selling it in person All right, let's take a second to talk about Howard Stern. That's right, Howard Stern, the king of audio. 
You see, I think he might be getting ripped off by SiriusXM. If he was to turn his show into a paid subscription product, he could nearly triple the 90 million he's making a year as a salary. And how would he do it? Supercast. That's right, Supercast is the sponsor for this week's episode. What Supercast does is build and maintain paid subscription audiences while allowing you to retain complete control over your content, your business, and your creative output. If you want to earn a Media King's ransom, use Supercast. Visit supercast.com for more. All right, back to the show. Right. right. So we were sampling in golf courses where people need it most. Drink one at uh, when you tee off one at the turn. We started getting traction there. We were able to raise a little bit of money. And then we started selling to fit a gym or to CrossFit gyms because we were, you know, in the CrossFit community from the very early days. And basically we use direct mail. So you own a CrossFit gym. Yep. I don't know you from Adam. I force upon you. I send you four cans of product. Right. You have this drink I just here. sent it to you, <laughs> right? Inside of it, it had a copy that, that right. we wrote that just said, hey, drink this ice cold after your next workout. Here's why it's so great. Here's why it's so good for you. And by the way, if you buy 10 cases from us, we'll give you a free refrigerator. Right. Okay. Okay. And this is back in the day when CrossFit gyms maybe had water and they didn't even have a refrigerator. So it was a very appealing offer. It was basically doing what Red Bull did in bars, but we were doing the CrossFit gyms. Right. And were you looking, were you, did you go back and try to figure out the Red, Book play, Red Bull playbook from their beginnings or did you did you not do that t- type of research? No, no, no. We definitely looked at, at their model and what made them so successful in street sampling and dominating the bar market and, and that type of thing and applied some of that and then put our own twist on it. Right. Yeah. And you guys, and when did you tell the CrossFit? Jim's like, look, we're in the community. We've been doing CrossFit for X amount of years. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. We pulled on our CrossFit background, our, uh, you know, my my background as a sports chiropractor and treating CrossFit HQ in Santa Cruz. That's how I even got into CrossFit. We we signed one of the- You're a fit guy. There's a podcast so people can't see you, but you're a fit guy. It feels like, you know, if you made a product, uh, I would would sort of believe, okay, this guy lives a healthy lifestyle. Yeah, I think that's key, right? Yeah. we got one of the athletes and influencers uh, in the space that was influential to help kind of put a stamp of validity uh, on it. And then we started uh, direct-to-consumer marketing. You know, we started building our Instagram following, marketing direct-to-consumer, and basically creating irresistible offers. You know, like, this is such a no-brainer offer to, uh, to, to come into the top of our funnel, and we know our conversion rate. So just having confidence in your math and your funnel and knowing that you have a great product and great follow-up, and we built out our customer service team as a very first uh, team that we built out before any salespeople. We had robust customer service. What are the issues going on, you know, one-on-one with our customers? How can we over-deliver constantly and right. just providing a ton of value? And did you have any mentors from that sort of CPG or, or, or food and beverage space? Not from CPG, more on the marketing side. Okay. You know, my uh, one of my really good friends, and he's on our advisory board now, Ben Altadonna, um, who's a brilliant marketer, he he basically told me in the early, early days, and this is back when, when I was on the zero income train. Yeah. He's like, hey, there's this marketing group I'm a part of. Uh, it's a lot of sharp marketers. I think you'll learn a lot. Um, it's 25 grand a year to join. I know you don't got the money, but I'll pay for it and just pay me back whenever you can. Wow. And no comp paperwork, no contract, nothing. He just paid for it. And then going to that, it was like- And these we were, are in-person events? Or this yeah, is- this was an in-person event. Um, and then it was in Arizona. And what I heard was we had three products on the market. We had Golf Raid, Fit Aid, and Party Aid. So Party Aid's kind of our, you know, more yeah. burner community, 5-HTP drink, Fit Aid, CrossFit, Golf Raid, obviously golf. So we're doing events. I mean, you're, we're up in the city doing a fire festival or something. Then we're changing clothes, going to a golf event with polo shirt on, <laughs> and then, you know, changing into our Lulu 
Lulu gear and Reeboks to go to a CrossFit event. I mean, it was just chaos. They each had separate websites, separate social, everything. And he's like, you got to choose a single target market or else you're going to burn yourself out. You're going to run out of all your cash and get nowhere, no traction with any of the community. So even though Golf Raid was bringing in about 700 grand at the time, um, we looked at the the trajectory, the sell-in and the sell-through of FitAid in the CrossFit market, and said, "You know what? They're doing better volumes. Are are we're we're getting a you know greater adoption, quicker adoption." So we went all in on the smaller Fit Aid, one. Right. on the smaller one. It went from seven hundred grand to four million in one year. And so, what's a good uh, what is, what's a good adoption rate? What's a good repurchase rate um, that that you were guys you guys were looking at? And you're like, that's promising. This, even though it's small today, I believe these rates are are, are like where we need to be. Yeah, we were doing with some of our uh, early gyms. We were doing like eight cases a month. There, eight twenty four packs, so sixteen cases. We pack in twelve packs now, but uh, so you know, sixteen cases a month, which was really good volume. That's more volume than you do in a grocery store typically. Yeah. So we're like, shit, there's something here. And then we started this direct marketing and. Forcing these four packs on somebody, and we used to ring the bell in the office, you know, when we get a new gym, and it was like, oh, the first month we got like twelve gyms, we were so stoked. The next month we got thirty, then we got fifty, then we were hitting like two hundred a month. Wow! And these things are each like twenty five hundred dollars a year in revenue, right? Right. It's, it starts adding up quick. It's yep. sweet. And so, um, and so you guys, you guys found that playbook that you start milking on the CrossFit side. Yep. And and today you actually do have the multiple brands. So did you go sort of narrow and then go back out broad? again or how, how did that happen yeah so we went you know continue to go deep in with fit aid and we, we love crossfit we're still a, you know official recovery drink at the crossfit games spartan race we got our heavy in that community as well and then started really creating products around our lifestyle you know it's like i'm really big into nootropics and, yep. and brain health so then we created focus aid which is our nootropic drink and you know we're traveling we were traveling all the time like 52 flights a couple years ago a few years ago now you know just constantly every weekend on the road it's like, oh, we need immunity aid for our immune system when we're traveling and right. just creating products that we would use ourselves and that we'd feel good about giving our kids. And so give people give people a, a sense of the hustle it takes to get this going. Like you mentioned, you know, we're doing a golf event. Quick, change clothes. You're at the, at the, you're in the city for a party. Change clothes. You're going to this CrossFit gym. Um, what was it like getting this thing off the ground? Tell me some more stories about like how, um, what it took to get the thing going on the hustle side. Well, you can see my hair. I was completely black haired <laughs> 10 years ago, and right. I'm fairly gray now. So. Yeah, I, I got some grays it, on the side yeah. here. <laughs> I mean, what's it take? It takes resilience to a level that you can't even imagine. It takes checking your ego at the door you know, in a very, very big way. I mean, there's so many things that can sink a company, right? It takes 100 things all aligning to have success. It takes one thing to right. completely sink you. Did, did you guys ever face that sort of oh shit? This might, this might, you know, this thing might fall through. Once you got a little bit of momentum, did you ever have like a, daily? Oh, yeah, daily. W- what were some of the big disasters that came up? I mean, financial is a big, big one. You know, like having three grand, four grand in payroll due, due and having two grand in the bank account. Like right. oh shit, we're supposed to pay these people tomorrow, and we only had a couple employees. But right. It was like we literally don't have the money to pay them. <laughs> you know, from hiring the wrong people out of desperation, like oh we really need to hire people, and then it just crushing culture and right. you know from building a culture becoming a, a manager and a boss when my biggest team was four people prior to this and now we have 70 you right. know it's just there, there's uh to having blowout arguments with my business partner but because we both felt so passionately it could have been easy like f you f you we're done right i mean that could have happened a hundred times right 
you know, um, <laughs> to, to uh, having, you know, product not run on the line. One time they ran our product and it was under carbonated, so we couldn't sell any of it. And that sucked up all our cash flow. Like there's so many challenges, uh, you know, as an entrepreneur, but that's also what makes it so fun. Yeah. You know, I mean, you're like constantly living on the edge, like, oh shit, you know, can we make, can we actually pull this off? And, you know, sometimes things just continue to align. And I have, you know, really deep faith that this company just was meant to be because there's so many times we would have completely gone out of business and it's something just worked out at the last second. So you guys got from, you know, obviously the zero to one stage where you got this yep. thing off the ground, you're starting to pay yourself three grand a month or whatever. And uh, at what point were you like, okay, this this might be big? When we finally got our first PE round from like a very respectable uh, private equity firm. Car- Which was how Carp- far Riley. how far into the business or where were you guys uh, at we were at that at time? Year, uh, let me think. We were at year, between year and four and five, I believe. Okay. Yeah, we were doing about, I think we were doing like eight, nine million, something like that. And um, you approached them, they approached you. Uh, we were out kind of testing the waters, dipping right. our toes in. We got a, an introduction from a mutual friend and they flew out uh, to our office in, in Santa Cruz and we met, uh, met them and just like super cool guys, like all their money, long horizons. It was just a lot of alignment compared to a lot of the other companies we were meeting with that was just more like turn and burn, like, okay, we got five years, seven years and you know you got you to gotta execute in that time. These guys were like, hey, let's continue to grow something that's built to last, a, a durable brand here. And uh, it, you approach business from a different perspective when you're like, okay, what's in the best long-term benefit for this community versus how do we maximize profits to flip this thing in two years? For sure. So, so where do you think this goes? How big does this get? Over a billion. And what, what does it take to get there? About two, 250 million in sales will, will put us over a billion. Um, what does that take? I mean, it's just continuing. Keep on, to, keep it on. Keep on keeping on. I mean, we're just continuing to execute, heads down ex- uh, executing. Here's the thing. It doesn't matter what your anticipated exit is or even if you're building a company just to cash flow it. As long as you execute, all doors remain open. Right. I don't care if it's a recession, if the economy is booming, IPO, you're bought out, right. whatever, merger. Execute. Yeah. You execute on key metrics and all doors remain open. Yeah, I get a lot of questions, I'm sure you do too, which is like, you know, how do I raise money? How do you sell? And it's like, well, if you want to raise money, build a great company. Yeah. People want to give you money. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to sell, build a great company. People want to buy your company. Right. And so that is the most foolproof way to do it. You can still sometimes sort of like raise money even if you have a bad company or sell even if you don't have, don't have great prospects. But if you want to know the best strategy is to build right. a really damn good company and then everybody wants to get involved, it's you, know, you have a great time hiring people and so on and so forth. 100%. And so um, so you've, you've, uh, you've grown this thing now and – how do the big competitors respond? I mean, has have you seen a change from the sort of Red Bulls of the world where they look at this and they say, this is a, a competitive threat? Have they turned their attention yet? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, they're not dumb. They see their numbers, you know, uh, which are much bigger than our numbers. But even, you know, little 1% shift in their numbers is, is a big number. So, I mean, we flew out. Uh, Nestle had us out the other day to give a presentation on, on food as medicine. Yep. Like all the big companies are paying attention. They're, they're, most of them aren't good at, uh, you know, uh, creating their own better for you, you know, in, in-house. They just, for whatever reason, they can't do it. But they've been on acquisitions. You know, they'll take minority uh, uh, share in, in different companies. And, and so I like it because it's changing the trajectory. And as long as we 
continue to change the health trajectory in this company in a positive direction, then over time, the expectations change and then people are just healthier. Like the fact that diabetes rates are higher than they've ever been in the history of this country is ridiculous. Right. You know, it's ridiculous. So and not just that, it's everything, you know, like health is not improving. So the current model is broken. A big part of that is, you know, food and beverage. We've been poisoning people with sugar and artificial ingredients for, you know, 100 years now. How do you build that trust, right? Because uh, I'll be honest with you, when I first looked up the company, I was like, okay, it's a drink company. I've seen so many of these that are uh, either just straight up they're bad for you or they say they're good for you, but they're actually bad for you. Right. They just changed the profile and it's yep. like, it's no sugar, okay, but yeah. it's something else instead. Yep. Um, like I know in the in the gaming community, because I'm at Twitch right now, uh, the gaming community has G Fuel, which is like some you know, bullshit to me, right? Like, so, so, so how do you build that trust or, or am I just Mr. Skeptical and everybody else is like kind of down, you know, every, everybody else sort of buys in right away. You should be skeptical, right? skeptical. And, and more and more people are, it's like 65% of people now read labels prior to making a new purchase, which is great. I love label readers. I love nutritionists. I love doctors. You know, I love people right. in the know because they're looking at this can and they're going, okay, let me see the sugar content. Oh, let me see that, oh, there must be two servings per container. Like p- Companies like to play that non-transparent right. bullshit. <laughs> oh, they're going to use some artificial sweeteners like sucralose or aspartame or how much added caffeine is in here. Them, and then they buy it and they call it right in. They're like, hey, trust pilot review. Like, I'm a so-and-so and this product is actually really damn clean. It delivers. Like, it tastes great. Like, you know, these guys are legit. Yeah, that's great. And what do you do... Uh- business wise now so you we were talking on our way in you said you know once you're you know quote was once you're a made man uh it becomes easier to make money right yeah. because uh as you taste some success and you get a reputation now opportunities deals Deal different yeah. things start coming to you talk a little bit about that uh that phenomenon and what you're doing how you're how you're thinking about approaching that yeah i mean one we continually work with young entrepreneurs uh, all the time they're reaching out with you know mainly cpgs but have some idea or some stage of growth because you know that always comes back full circle. So we're working, you know, with companies, we're making some small investments in in other companies, just personally, uh, that we see traction. But my point before we started was once you've had that successful checkout, you have that reputation, you've been there, done that, you've kind of, you know, taken all the the jabs and bruises and and gotten beaten up and come out the other side, you have the knowledge, you have the reputation, and you got a little bit of money, hopefully a little money in your pocket, then you can really go, okay, what, you know, what can I do now? Now I can take 10 entrepreneurs, 10 different businesses that are all in a space that I truly believe in and that all showing signs of life and, and increasing velocities and doing well on the shelf and give them each, you know, a half million bucks or a million bucks and let them run with it and then be, you know, sit back and be more of a mentor, a coach, advisory board, board of directors, that type of thing. And I think that's where real wealth, as I, as I observe it, that's where real wealth is created. Mm-hmm. And what, what has been a, a splurge that you've done now that, you know, because you went from mac and cheese and tuna yeah, yeah. to now, you, you know, you guys doing well. Yep. Um, where have you sort of, how have you been able to celebrate that? What, what, what's your yeah. use of this money? Because I, I lo- the last podcast I did, the guy had a great uh, phrase. It's not rocket science, but he just said, you know, I just view money as a tool to enable a better quality of life. 100%. And so how are you using money as a tool for you to have a, you know, more interesting, more adventurous, yeah. more fun, fun Yeah. Life? Well, the first part uh, is uh, when we g- were able to take a couple chips off the table, which wasn't a ton of money, but I was $246,000 in student debt loans. Mm-hmm. And I paid them all off in one stroke of the 
Nike, and it was it was the biggest weight lifted from my <laughs> chest. Like I don't know the government or anything. It felt so good to be debt free. Right. And then you know, as we were able to save up a little bit of money, I had on my vision board that I look at every day when I brush my teeth. You know, on the mirror there, it was like um, spend a month or more in Hawaii. So um, for the last two years now, I was able to go in on it, just a, a little condo in Poipu in the south uh, shore of uh, Kauai with a couple friends. And we bought a condo, beautiful little two-bedroom close to the beach. And now we're doing, you know, at least a month a year in Kauai. That's amazing. Yeah. I love that. I, I um, tried to do a similar thing myself where I said to my wife, I said, let's spend one month out of every year um, just living somewhere else. And so we did Buenos Aires um, the, fir- the first year. We had a baby this year, so I don't know if we're going to be able to, to pull it off necessarily. But I uh, but, uh, highly recommend that and in fact uh it, the, the easy excuse is like i'm too busy or you know my work won't let me do it or whatever and, I, and i'd say uh if you think you want to do that you should be just go for it just go ask and say hey i want to work out of this other country uh i'll work i'm not necessarily taking you know full month off but yeah. um i want to go experience something something else and it's a buenos aires on my short list for sure that in croatia that's amazing. Yeah. And so what, what about, um, you strike me as somebody who is, uh, like, the, when you said you live off the grid and, you, you know, you're into nootropics and all this stuff, I think you have, uh, you're thinking for yourself, right? So you have a, so that's, those are contrarian things right now. Those not, like, society's not spoon feeding those to you. Mm-hmm. Um, I was asked this question uh, not long ago, and it's a, kind of a hard question, so you, so you can take a second to think about it. But the question was this. It's like a dinner party conversation, which is if you um, if you could change three things, and and you could do one, two, or three, whatever you want. If you could change three things about the way that society works, so things that societal norms today, yep, um, but that you know don't fit your worldview, what three would you change? If you could snap your finger and then society sort of changes in that way, what would you change? I'd eliminate all. Uh television so tv gone like cnbc fox news cnn it's all bs like it so, drives yeah. me insane i haven't had tv in my house for 17 years right. don't miss a thing right you know so i'd get rid of it tv gone i would have public funding for uh for politicians uh as long as they got a certain amount of signatures there'd be here's your whatever 100 grand million dollars whatever it is you can't spend a penny more than that everything has to be accounted for go put right. everybody on a level playing field take, take the special interest of money out of politics yeah and then third i i would uh you know all these artificial ingredients that you know are in food and beverage you know those need to go bye bye it's like we don't put lead in our paint anymore we don't have asbestos in our ceilings like it's just a matter of time when we look back at this era and go well no wonder you know cancer rates are high and diabetes and all these chronic diseases and Alzheimer's on the upswing, look at what we were doing to our bodies. So I think there's those aha things that are out there right now that we need to just get past. Oh, and fourth thing, I would eliminate single-use plastic. Mm. Big on that. Like, uh, it's got to go. It's got to go. Come on. (laughs) Uh, This is awesome. Uh, So give me a, a, as we sort of sign off, um, how should people who are listening to this who are like, you know what? This guy's awesome. Uh, I want to get in touch with him. I want to send him, you know, my business that I'm working on. Have him take a look, or I want to ask a question. I just want to say thanks. How do, how do we, how should people get a hold of you? Where should they follow you? And uh, who are you looking for to reach out to you? Like, because a lot of people are going to listen to this, and yep. so who should reach out to you? I think my my specialty, our specialty, is CPG. So you know, I could give some things on team building and stuff with people in tech. But if anyone's really looking into consumer packaged goods, you know, um, feel free to reach out to me. It's basically my name, A A R O N. Hind, H-I-N-D-E, mainly on Instagram, LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, or, you know, go to our website, lifeaidbevco.com. You can check us out. All right. Yeah. Brother, thank you for coming in. Yeah, this is awesome. And thank, thank you for you. the drink. I, uh, <laughs> I love it. You're welcome. I need a dollar.